Thank you for joining us today for Wandering in the Word, where we read and discuss the upcoming week's lectionary texts at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. This is Wandering the Word for Sunday, September 25th. Whoa. Last Sunday in September. (laughs) And that's all we have to say about that. That's all we got. uh, Yeah, 16th Sunday after Pentecost if you're counting. Um, Always counting. Usually not, but you never know. You never know. Well, anyway, this week we uh, are continuing our march through Luke chapter 16. We just had a text last week about God and wealth, and this week we have a text about kind of the same thing. Kind of God and wealth. Yeah. Yeah, of sorts. A different flavor, of so maybe. A little yes. spicier. A little spicier. A little hotter. A little hotter. A little flamier. Yes. Well, why don't we dive on in and see what we're talking about and giggling about. Um, uh, who's reading Luke? Me. Melissa, <laughs> take it away. Uh, Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what felt or with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and said, Lazarus, to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in the manner, in like manner evil things but now he is comforted here and you are in agony besides all of this between you and us a great chasm has been fixed and that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so and no one can cross from there to us he said then father i beg you to send to my father's house for i have five brothers and he may warn them so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, if you, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone raises from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Wow. It's a fun one. This is kind of dark. It is a little bit. So I I think it is important to to point out that this was not like something that literally happened. Well, this is a parable. This is a parable along the lines of all of Jesus' other parables. It's Mm -hmm. like, imagine, if you will, this thing that's happening or whatever. And so I think a lot of times we kind of say, well, this is obviously what the description of hell. It's in the Bible. And it's like, I don't, that's not really what I think Jesus is going for in this one. Right. Um, so, anyways, right, yeah. maybe it is what it's like. I don't know. But it's not the point mm-hmm. of this story. Mm-hmm. What is the point of this story? Um, <laughs> you can just summarize it. Just a little nugget. No, um, all to come up with an answer. as long as we're just clarifying things, we could, could uh, remind people that Lazarus, if you're thinking like, oh, that's the guy that was raised from the dead. That's in John's gospel. That's a little different story, storyline, story arc, maybe a different character from 
the, the Lazarus in Jesus' parable here in Luke chapter 16. Yeah. Apparently that was like a common name. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Less I mean, so it's, than today. It's kind of like Mary or something, or John, where it's like, why couldn't you just come up with a different name? Right. There's got to be more to choose from. But they didn't. Jesus liked Lazarus. I want, There might actually be a good reason for that. I wonder if Lazarus has some, like, meaning of, like, Ooh. like a deeper Greek mm. meaning in the the original language. You might want to research that for your sermon on Sunday. Mm. There we go. I have not We're done taking that a, yet. a deep dive into the original language. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the for... I this one smacks me in the face right mm -hmm. away. The first verse, um, you know, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen. I don't think it was like a, a Vikings game, a purple kind <laughs> of thing, and who feasted sumptuously every day. And then there's a poor man named Lazarus with sores, and the dogs lick his sores. That's how yeah. poor he is. And I'm like, which one of those two am I? Ah. Mm -hmm. I think I'm more of the sumptuous fellow than uh, the one, you know, begging by the door. And then it's like, oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Mm. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> um, and, and I think in some way that, that is, that's what Jesus is going for. Right. Um, you know, th that we need to take that seriously for a moment. Um, and it's not easy to hear. No, the end. I'm, okay, yeah. we're done. <laughs> is interesting about this is that you know I at first glance people might use this imagery to sort of reinforce ideas of heaven and hell and like why each character was in heaven or hell and I think we can easily identify the rich man has sinned by not sharing from his mm -hmm. great abundance of wealth with someone who is literally like shriveling up mm -hmm. dying of hunger on his doorstep um, but Lazarus we know nothing about him except for his name his uh, physical health's not good, and he's super hungry. Um, the dogs come and lick his sores. But it doesn't say necessarily that he was like extra righteous, mm -mm. great rule follower, upheld all of God's laws, and that's why he finds himself in heaven. He, find, he found himself in heaven because, or it doesn't even say in heaven, he, he went to Abraham just because he was... Suffering. He was lowly and suffering and... Uh, as we read in Luke 4, um, Jesus' sort of mission statement, like uh, the gospel is about proclaiming freedom to people who are oppressed. And in Luke 2, when Mary's talking about um, how God lifts up the lowly and like lowers or humbles the, the rich and the mighty and that kind of thing, like this is just like a, another example of that. Yeah. Like, there's quite a few of them, but this one is especially stark. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, obviously we more easily relate, or most of us most easily easily relate to the rich fellow. But what if we were, you know, one of those folks who were suffering? Let's imagine we're, you know, fleeing from Afghanistan or fleeing from drug cartels on the, the southern border. Like hearing this, then you feel a little comfort. Like, okay, well, even if my suffering in this world, <laughs> you know, and it comes to an end, there is hope. And mm -hmm. to those, I think that's who this is more for, um, in a sense, is to give hope to those who feel hopeless. Um, and that God recognizes and sees your suffering. Yeah. Um, cause, but Lazarus, you know, is, 
yeah, he, he's up there with Father Abraham, whatever, maybe mm -hmm. on the other side of the chasm. Mm -hmm. But like the the rich guy is such a punk. <laughs> I feel like because even he, you know, he's he's died, he's to being tormented, and then you know, what does he do? He says, "Well, will you send Lazarus to get some water for me?" Yeah. And then will you send Lazarus to my family so that they don't have to suffer like I am? Like, he's not your personal servant. Yeah, he's not your servant, dude. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, you're missing the point in many ways, I think. He doesn't seem to be even repentant even once his life is over. That's um, true. That's true. I wish that Lazarus spoke yeah. at some yeah. point in this parable. Don't you wonder, like, what what is his experience mm -hmm. like? Was he ready and willing to go and dip his finger in the cool water to soothe the agony of this guy who had mistreated him so grievously yeah. in life? Or was I mean, I hope not, but like, like a four-year-old, like na 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 na, right. <laughs> that sort of a thing across the chasm. It doesn't yeah. really matter at the at the end of the day, but um, I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm curious. The, yeah, so there's like this this chasm of wealth in this life that has existed, and there's a chasm in the afterlife as well. And then the story kind of wraps up on a, a bit of a different angle, I think, because. Mm -hmm. By the end, you know, he's trying to get Lazarus to go and warn his family to listen to the prophets, you know, to, to do what God had told him to do, to take care of the poor. And um, Abraham says, which kind of sounds like Jesus, um, you know, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets now, you know, they're not going to be convinced by someone who's raised from the dead. And then we all, sitting here 2,000 years later, go, oh, he's obviously talking about <laughs> Easter. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And, um, you know, how many people will not listen to him either. Uh, but, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, that must be enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, I solved the, the riddle right there in that answer. No. Um, well, we also have an interesting text from uh, 1 Timothy to read that um, I don't know if it quite ties in, but it has some interesting things to say. I think some that? similar similar themes. Yeah. Let's see what you think. It's from First Timothy chapter six, starting at verse six. He writes, "Of course, there is great pain. Oh, excuse me. There's great gain. <laughs> different. There's great gain in godliness combined with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world, so that we can take nothing out of it." But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. But as for you, man of God, shun all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep the commandment without spot or blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the right time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords. It is he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. 
To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okie dokie. There's a practical guide for how to apply this story. (laughs) There is a little bit, yeah. Um, Verse 17, for those who are uh, in the present age are rich, don't be haughty or don't let it be your hope. Mm-hmm. No, um, but rather let God be your hope. Yeah, that and that's what we talked about last mm-hmm. night. Not letting money take the place of this role that God is supposed to fill in our lives and in our devotion. Yeah, it's so hard to do sometimes. Yeah, it's that. It kind of goes back again. I mean, I don't know. I didn't get to hear your sermon yet from last I'm week, shocked. Pastor Brandy. But <laughs> um, you know that 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 money that can be kind of the, the greed and the holding things so tightly that we can't receive new blessings or share the blessings that we have with others um, is a real thing. Um, Yeah. I do. I do. I appreciate though how this is like, um, if you're rich in the present age, not like, then get rid of all of your money immediately. But like there is a way to live faithfully with money. Mm -hmm. Not that you can't have it or that you shouldn't have it. It's, um, it's a tool. It's a currency. Um, for life in this world, but but if you do have money, um, also be rich in good works. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. To, that's a good way to be rich. There's lots of ways to be rich in this life besides money. Yeah, and there is a lot of truth. Like the more you have, the harder it can be to let it go. Um, you know, as you accumulate more wealth, it gets <clears throat> you get more worried about that stock market and if you're going to lose it all, mm-hmm. or you get more worried about someone breaking it and stealing it. Whereas when you don't have as much, you still might worry about it. But it does, in some ways, correspond. You're not as concerned about because you don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of the problems of wealth. Like you know, yeah. you become worried about um, losing it. Um, hmm. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Melissa? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Y'all are starting to sound a little familiar. We're getting this kind of same theme over and over in a few places the past couple weeks. Yeah, it must be like stewardship season. Time for the stewardship campaign to <laughs> oh kick boy. off, I guess. We better do some planning. <laughs> um, oh, how about closer to the beginning of this? It's um, it's talking about uh, if you want to be rich, you can fall into temptation and become trapped by senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Like ah, um, but that's if you're you know searching after money, if that's your goal. Um, not only is that potentially like harming your neighbor, it's self-destructive as well. And and the next verse is one that gets um, maybe misquoted or misinterpreted kind of a lot because it says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And sometimes that gets shortened to money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. But that's not, that's not quite what it's saying here. <clears throat> love of money. Yeah, there's some nuance that we can pay attention to here that can help us make sense of this stuff for our lives today, I think. Yeah. Well, it kind of ties into the very last line, you know, the, so that you may take hold of the life that really is life. Um, 
you know, Jesus talks about, you know, having life and having abundantly, and I am the way and the truth and the life, and there is a lot of truth. I mean, you know, I, you can meet some rich folks who are super grumpy and not generous, or who have a lot, or maybe even want to give away a lot, but they, like, put so many rules on it that it becomes not fun mm -hmm. or joyous to share. But then I think of some other folks in our congregation who have been here, maybe some that have even died, you know, who, like, were so... It brought them such joy to like, like I have this. Use it. Yeah. You know, you need money to to do this ministry. Oh my gosh, please. Yeah, make a difference. Make a difference with this. You know, and both had money. Both both of those kind of folks have money, but there's some that have discovered the joy of generosity and the joy of of giving it away, and some who who you know kind of for one reason or another kind of clench onto it and don't want to share. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not. Fun, it's not <laughs> joyous. That, that's, that's not the best way. That's not the best way. Yeah, um, it makes me wonder, like, how can we start teaching even our kids from a young age mm. how to discover the joy of generosity and and giving and sharing and that kind of thing? And um, maybe I'm just wondering that for myself as a parent. But mm. you know, can you all tell me the answer, please? <laughs> Ooh, um, Yes, you should do that. That's okay. the answer. <laughs> the best way you can. Very I'm sure you're doing great. I'm sure of it. Um, it is hard because there's plenty that, you know, uh, is pulling at us, I think, telling us, yelling at us that we don't have enough or that we should be scared of that person that's going to take away your thing or, um, you know, the, just the general sense of fear that comes around money, mm -hmm. I think, is part of that evil root that can take hold. Um, you know, convinced that if, if, if I, you know, it's either me or that person, it can't be both of us that have wealth or just that fear of losing it or, I don't even know, just all kinds of different fears that seem to kind of take over. Mm -hmm. um, kind of battle within us. Battle like within us. In verse 12 it says, fight the good fight of the faith. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I never, I rarely think of my faith as like a fight. Yeah. But yeah. I guess in some ways that's an apt description. Yeah, sure. I, mean, I, you know, I feel like that gets taken out of way to like out of place a lot to, for folks to like fight some kind of cultural battle about oh, whatever no. politic <laughs> thing is going on. But it's like, well, this is actually more in the context of like, yeah, I don't like the word fight. I'm not a fighter, but you know, stand firm maybe or there's a wrestling I guess that can go on. But I do. I imagine more of an internal wrestling yeah. with mm -hmm. our our kind of earthly desires and what we know God intends for us and, and sort of living with both of those tugging at us like you well, were saying. Yeah, fighting with that, wrestling with that, you know, trying to take hold of the life that really is life. Place, you know, that wrestling that goes with placing our hope in the things of this world or in the promises of God. And that law, gospel, sinner, saint fight is a lifelong journey, I think. A lifelong journey. That's right. We brought nothing into the world. We we're taking nothing out of it with yeah. us when we go. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of... That's that, sort of another cliche in verse 7. That's a good one, though. That is a good it's one. It's a helpful reminder. Like, you can't take it with you. Yeah. You? Not to be confused with the one that maybe some parents said that, you know, I brought you into this world. I, I can take, take you <laughs> out. <laughs> different. That's a little more threatening than we're <laughs> little, going for here. A little here. different. But, uh, well, um, any closing thoughts here, folks, for... Money and Jesus and chasms and life. <laughs> Being licked by dogs or licked by flames. Take yeah. your pick, people. Choose wisely. <laughs> I'll take Just a puppy any day. Oh, I mean, wow. 
who wouldn't? But, uh, <laughs> well, uh, we're so glad that you all could join us for this conversation, for Wandering in the Word for Sunday, September 21st, 2022. Uh, we'll be with you again real soon. And until then, for Melissa, Pastor Brandy, and myself, Pastor Ellery, we will talk to you all later. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today for another Wandering in the Word podcast here at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. 